Good morning, Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Tripp. I am the pastor at the North Side, and today is Thursday, August 20th. And as we often have done together, I want us again today to turn our hearts and our minds and our attention to our psalm reading. Today we read from Psalm 135, and I just want us to read the first three verses together. I would encourage you to read all of our daily readings and especially the whole of this psalm. But today and right now, we're just going to look at the first three verses because I think they help us understand what it means in this moment to be the church. If we could use this phrase to be the church, both gathered and scattered, and especially how we continue to be the church when it's difficult and challenging and disorienting when we even say, how do we gather as the church? That's a big question we're asking these days, and yet we still must learn and strive to be faithful followers of Jesus in this moment. So let me read, and then we'll pray, and then we will reflect on Psalm 135 together for just a few minutes. Beginning in verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, you that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for he is gracious. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, would you teach us whatever life looks like, whatever we may be facing in this moment, teach us to be a people, lest this psalm says, who sing to your name, who sing of your goodness, of your graciousness. Help us be faithful followers of Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. I love this psalm. It's a beautiful, significant psalm, and really it's a psalm of direction. It's a psalm of exhortation. It's written to us, the family of God, and what it does is it calls us to offer our lives in praise, really to offer the whole of creation back to God as a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. That's really what it means to worship, and it invites us to do this in the most holistic sense possible. We're meant to see every area of our lives as lived under the guiding hand of God. And as we do this, we can trust that he, as it says, is good and gracious and that he loves humankind. This is what we do when we gather for worship week in and week out. This is what it means to gather us the church. We reorient the whole of our lives, both as individuals and as a larger church family. We reorient them to Christ and to his kingdom and yet, if you're anything like me, as we read those three verses from Psalm 135, it was hard to read those without immediately thinking of the remarkable events of the last few months. Because, as it says, when was the last time that you or I stood in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God? And maybe you need to ask this as well, maybe even more fundamentally, when was the last time you explicitly and intentionally offered praise to God. Church is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. It is good and right for us to connect our gathered worship at church to the praise of the name of God. It's foundational to what it means to be a Christian, to be a member of the family of God. We should never neglect worship together. And I, I would say as such, I really do hope and pray even in the midst of the last six months, in the midst of a global pandemic, I hope you have found and are continuing to press into creative ways to have a habit of faithful 
church participation, even if it's online, even if it is in some socially distanced way. It's been so encouraging to me and to the other pastors here at Trinity to hear stories of how so many of you have continued to press in and gather as the church, whether it's in parks or in front yards or backyards or in your garage, finding ways to continue to worship week by week and move forward as the family of God. And yet, some of you I know are listening, and that has not been your experience. It's maybe been a real struggle for you, a struggle to know how to engage a life of worship in a moment like this, especially in those times other than Sunday morning, the rest of our lives. And I would just say this, I think we really are facing a risk to our spiritual health in this moment. And so I offer, I believe this psalm offers even, a word of caution to us. We run a great risk of isolating our life of praise, of isolating a life of worship offered to God to the gathered times of worship. And then we can fail to tend to the scattered parts of our lives, the parts of our lives we live away from the family of God, away from church. Because here's the thing, every aspect of life. Every single thing you do, wherever you go, whomever you are with, all of it is meant to be worship. All of it is offered to God. And yet in the challenging moment we live in, it is a heightened temptation to neglect that reality, to neglect that part of our life with God. Because here's what I've seen. I've seen this temptation in my own life, this risk to my own life with God. When normal rhythms, predictable rhythms of life with God are upended, we have to find ways to passionately pursue new patterns and new habits that keep us connected to God because we will not simply drift into spiritual maturity. If we neglect these and fail to tend to them, We will drift away. We will fall away. We will not persevere until the very end. I would say this just to be even more direct. If you're listening to these words, your life of personal devotion with God has never been more important. You must cultivate this and cling to this. You can no longer simply rely on the corporate faith of the church to carry you along, to say, well, I don't have to tend to that part of my life because the faith of all these other people is going to do it for me. Not that that was ever true, but sometimes we live and think as though it is. And we think for a while that that will carry us on, but it's simply not the case. We cannot in any way have this illusion that we live under that says, An hour a week, one day a week on a Sunday morning is going to be sufficient to nurture the life of Christ in our hearts and in our homes. And as we wrap up, I want to talk about our homes for a minute, because here's the thing. If you're unable to gather as the church in the house of God, your house and your home must become a church. And that's true for everyone listening to these words. It's not just for families in the traditional sense of the word, not just for parents who have kids at home, though of course that is true. And if you do have kids at home, uh, you must find ways to share and pass on the faith to those kids, especially in this moment. Trinity Kids is not going to do it for you. We're here to help you. And we have wonderful resources to help you Do that holy and good work, but you have to tend to it. But I would say this, whatever your life looks like, uh, young or old, single or married, kids or no kids, whatever home or family means to you, that word means something. And so tend to it, invest 
in it. See the hand of God at work in those places and long for him. Ask him to meet you there. For us as the church, not just at Trinity, but the church around the country, around the world, for the church to not simply survive, but for the church to thrive in 2020 and beyond, I believe we must boldly embrace this vision. We have to have a wholehearted pursuit of Christ in every area of our lives. And I think for the vast majority of Christians, this begins at home. This kingdom-minded living begins in the places you spend the most time with the people you spend that time with. And so while this year has unquestionably been disruptive, it has upended what it means for us to be the gathered people of God. It's changed our corporate rhythms of life in so many ways. I would simply say today, may the Lord in his wisdom give us eyes to see and the courage to step into the fact that I think he's teaching us something right now. He's inviting us, if we have eyes to see it, to remember that the renewal of the church, the flourishing of the Christian family begins at home. It begins in the scattered life of the church. When we come together, we are then sent out on mission. That's what it means when we leave our services. If you've ever been to a service, we end it with a charge. We say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. You are sent out. We say, God, send us out to do the work you give us to do. That work he gives us to do is right in front of us. It is in the simple, holy, ordinary, everyday activities of life. He invites us to pursue goodness and beauty and truth. And so may you have the faith and the courage to step into that today. And may God bless you richly. Amen.